0: Good morning, good morning. Welcome to It's Time for Affordable Housing. I'm your favorite host, LaShondra Gray, the apartment lady, founder of Apartment and Housing Rentals Foundation and Eviction Space. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, my gosh. I have an awesome, awesome, awesome article for you guys. It's coming out today and on LinkedIn, Eviction Space Newsletter. And it is a... I want to say solution uh, to this housing instability. The thing is, we won't see that solution for you, you know, a few years or see it rolling out um, years to come. And but it is a solution. We have to continue to move forward towards the future. Although we are dealing with this eviction crisis, Right now, and a lot of families are becoming um, unstable right now, this too shall pass. I am a firm believer that this too shall pass. Um, So let's get right into it. The name of this article is Transforming Old Office Buildings into Affordable Housing, A Path to Urban Renewal. So here it is you guys, the urban landscape is evolving and with it comes the need for creative solutions to addressing pressing societal changes. We all know the pressing changes right now is with, you know, this affordable housing instability, like lack of affordable housing. However, during the pandemic, when everyone was, you know, with the stay at home orders, the office buildings several office buildings all over the United States weren't being used because you're working from home. So you gotta think about it. The companies were able to maintain their productivity without paying that office rent, okay? Maintain their productivity without paying that office rent. So I mean, what would you do? If you have an office rent of about a million dollars and you don't have to spend that million dollars to still get that same productivity out of your employees, okay? We're talking about hybrid working situations. Uh, That being said, these buildings are empty. A lot of the buildings did not get um, filled up again. They didn't come back. Right, and so these buildings are empty. I was like, okay, we have a whole bunch of families that don't don't have a place to stay, and we have empty buildings. What are we going to do with these buildings? And so they started this initiative of turning the buildings into affordable housing units. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about in this article. We talk about you know some challenges and some benefits that we can see, and then I also have some videos um of other um, like The Wall Street Journal talked about what it takes to convert a multi-million dollar a multi-million dollar office into housing and then CNBC here's what's stopping cities from converting offices into apartments and so we're gonna listen to um, a portion of those videos but let's just get into the article. Right so one of the challenges is shortage of affordable housing particularly in urban areas where space is limited and costs are high as cities reimagine their skylines the idea of repurposing old office buildings into affordable housing has gained momentum in this article we delve into the concept of transforming this used office space into vibrant and accessible, affordable housing units. Exploring the benefits and challenges. Right? Okay. So the benefits of adaptive reuse, utilizing you know existing infrastructure, um, rapid development. Adaptive reuse can expedite the process of creating affordable housing at the basic structure, as the basic structure already exists, allowing for create quicker occupancy, and so. As I was doing my research. Um, at first, I you know created an article that talked about reusing abandoned buildings in low to low income neighborhoods, taking all of those abandoned properties and transforming them into affordable housing units, but then the price was you know crazy. The price was crazy and these neighborhoods don't, they already don't have resources. So putting those type of crazy resources into the neighborhoods, that's gonna take some time. However, these other office buildings, the infrastructure and everything is already there. It's not like they have to tear down the roof or um, redo the piping or lecture outlets, things like that. It's already there. So those conversions wouldn't be as expensive as it would taking an abandoned building and you know building it back up. Mixed use possibilities: the conversion of office buildings can lead to develop- mixed use developments that integrate housing with commercial, retail, or community spaces, fostering vibrant and dynamic urban environments. And that is true; they're already office buildings. So could you imagine? um the people you know the tenants living upstairs and then all of those you know um the accessible all of the stores and restaurants and um you know bars they're all accessible to the tenants right in the building or in the next building so i mean i think that that would work Preserving architectural heritage. Many old office buildings boast unique architectural features that contribute to the character of the city. Repurposing them for housing can preserve this heritage while addressing housing needs. So there's um, there's a, a spot in Chicago and it's called Printer's Row and that's where all the newspapers and things like that were printed there. Those buildings, they're still there, right? And so that, you know, that's just an example of how you can preserve the architectural heritage by turning those old office buildings into affordable housing. Here's some challenges. Zoning and regulations, you know, adapting the space for housing may require navigating complex, complex, complex zoning and regulatory processes. But I don't think that that's gonna be a real problem because in order for this to actually happen, the local and, and state government have to be on board and they're the ones who uh, regulate the zoning. Design and layout, office layouts differ significantly from residential layouts. Yes, they do, but I think that that could definitely be rarity. That's not as still not as expensive as taking a building that has not been used and has not been used in years and trying to fix that up. We need some quick solutions right now. Amenities and community space transforming office buildings into housing may require incorporating communal areas, recreational spaces, and amenities that enhance residents' quality of life. Well, how come that can happen? Because in office buildings, you already have the the main, um, the main area I mean that's that's where people you know go in there is a way to do this and, and mind you it's quicker and it's more cost efficient but however people have been uh, cities have been running into problems with trying to turn these office buildings into apartments and we're going to listen to that in the videos that I have for you. Here's a social impact on it. Um, Increase in affordable housing stock. Obviously, that's gonna be a a huge impact, right? Converting office building into affordable housing expands the available housing inventory, addressing the growing needs for accessible living options. Only thing I do have, you you guys know, I gotta gotta play the devil's advocate. most of those, uh, most of those office buildings are in areas where you know the AMI, the area median income is, you know, it's it's decent. It's not, you know, um, low to moderate. It's 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 well over the low to moderate, right? And so my thing is, when you convert those those buildings into affordable housing. Um, Uh, And you say you're uh, um, increasing the affordable housing stock, who will it be affordable for? You know, so that's, you know, that's like I'm on the fence about that. Um, Revitalizing urban centers, um, and these are still the social impacts. Repurposing office space injects new life into urban centers, potentially attracting residents, businesses, and community activities to previously underutilized areas. Community building, affordable housing developments create, um, created through adaptive reuse can foster diverse and inclusive communities promoting social cohesion and interaction among residents. So I, I think it's a great idea, but we're gonna hear how it just—it's—they're still having drawbacks. Remember, we talked about uh, one of the challenges will be the zoning and regulations, and so these are where the real drawbacks are happening with the zoning and regulations. And then I said that, you know, I'm like on the fence a little bit about who's going—who are the units that are going to be available or affordable for—and so that's another issue that is being. Uh, brought up, right? So then we do have a case study of um, a success story, and that came from uh, Detroit. Uh, Let's see. Uh, So Henry Ford's health office to apartment conversion a pandemic first for Detroit. So I'm going to go into that article. That article is definitely in that newsletter. the eviction space newsletter that's coming out at 12 p.m. today. On LinkedIn, you need to go and follow the eviction space so you can get all that. We haven't really um, circulated the newsletter right now. It's primarily on LinkedIn, where we may uh, share it to some of the Facebook pages. But yeah, you should go to LinkedIn for sure and follow the eviction space newsletter so here it is henry ford's health office to apartment conversion a pandemic first for detroit um let's see right let me get to this right as urban populations grow and demands for affordable housing intensifies repurposing old office buildings into accessible living spaces presents a promising solution by leveraging existence and existing infrastructure preserving architectural heritage and fostering a vibrant and fostering vibrant communities cities can embark on a journey of urban renewal that not only addresses housing needs but also contributes to the culture and social fabric of the urban landscape through innovative thinking, collaborative efforts, and the commitment to sustainable development, the transformation of old office buildings to affordable housing holds the potential to reshape cities for the better. So here is a video. It's a short video uh, from the Wall Street Journal. It came out July 2nd, uh, 2023. And it's literally talking about um what it takes to convert a multi-million dollar office into housing right so it's just right on point so we're gonna listen to that um just a little bit of that not much i don't wanna but this article in this video is also in that the this edition of the newsletter luxury apartment complex with 588 units. But
1: unlike this building, one billion square feet of office space still sits vacant across the country. That's about 370 Empire State buildings. Converting all this empty space to housing might seem like a straightforward solution to the country's housing shortage, but transforming office buildings isn't simple or cheap. It's like uh, putting a puzzle together we'll explore what it actually takes to convert an office into housing. And if that could be a solution for the vast amounts of empty real estate becoming a crisis for cities around the country. Let's head back to 160 Water Street, located in the heart of Manhattan's Financial District. Once completed, the building's lobby will transform from this to this. Developers say these types of conversions can cost as much as $500 per square foot. Six new floors are also being added to the 24-story structure, including 500,000 square feet of apartments and amenity space. In many cities, zoning laws can prevent conversions like this one from happening altogether.
2: The city might say, well, we don't want residential buildings in that district. That's our office district. We're trying to preserve jobs, and therefore we're not going to give you the zoning permits that you need to do the conversion.
1: And even with the right zoning, Other design challenges can get in the way. That's because many office buildings are laid out differently than residential spaces. They might have structural columns every 30 feet, which can make it difficult to install plumbing, or there might be windows that don't open. Developers say converting older buildings tends to be much easier.
2: When you think about how the design of office building evolved during the 20th century, in the early part of the century, you had much smaller buildings. They weren't as wide.
1: In the days before air conditioning, offices needed functioning windows for ventilation on hot days and to light up workspaces. These types of buildings tend to have a similar design, a slim shape, narrow floor plan and punched in windows. Looking up from the sidewalk, here's one in New York and another in Chicago. Developers say these floor plans translate well to apartments because interior spaces tend to be no more than 30 feet from a window that opens. And with that, it actually helps out so that the units can be laid out with proper lightness. Joey Colelli is managing director of Van Barton Group, the developer of 160 Water Street, the building conversion we saw earlier. The office first opened in the 1970s. Post-war buildings like this one can be harder to convert
2: to housing. After World War II, and the modernization of office building construction, you had air conditioning, you had fluorescent lighting so you could get much bigger floors. And so you wouldn't have the same access to light and air that you had in an apartment building or in the older office buildings, but they were much more efficient for landlords and much more efficient for tenants.
1: But developers and architects say that setup isn't ideal for apartment living.
2: You think about a floor that big, How could you carve that up into apartments? You'd have to have some very, very narrow apartments, or you'd have to have apartments in the middle, which who'd wanna live there? Who'd wanna live in the middle of a big floor plate with no windows?
1: You can see the differences when comparing the floor plans of 160 Water Street to this pre-war skyscraper example. For perspective, here's what a 600 square foot apartment looks like in both buildings. As you can see, Larger floor plans can make it difficult to construct apartments with enough access to light and air. To solve for this, the developers at 160 Water Street are scooping out three shafts in the center of the building. The floor plate depth was actually a little too deep, so we cut out a series of three shafts. We took that square footage, and then we reallocated it into other areas of the building where it would be usable square footage and rentable square footage. To account for the additional floors, the structure is being reinforced with steel plates on each column, beams, and diagonal bracing. It's also getting larger windows that open. Other buildings with large floor plates may take a slightly different approach, like this building right next door, 180 Water Street. You cut out the floor and create a light well to get light and air on the inside. That means more apartments can be constructed in the center of the building including studios with windows facing into the courtyard. For 160 Water Street, the changes resulted in almost 600 apartments, with rents ranging from $3,500 up to $7,500. Despite the lack of affordable housing in Manhattan, many conversions create market rate luxury rentals. According to developers, that's because it's hard to cover the costs of conversion while producing affordable housing for lower income residents.
2: These projects are very expensive and they just don't pencil out without some.
0: So there you have it, you guys. I mean, literally, this um, video from the Wall Street Journal. It kind of like answered a lot of you know what we were talking about in this article. I mean, we talked about the pricing. So uh, they actually talked about the infrastructure and how much it would cost to. Turn these office buildings into apartments. However, it because it's not just so. I was thinking, oh well, it's just a, you know, it's it's easier. I will say this: when I did the research for um, converting um, vacant buildings in the low-income neighborhoods into apartments, it was about one thousand dollar square foot. This was still $500 square foot, which is a lot, right? Um, But it's doable. Now, I did say, who is it going to be affordable for? And like they said, turning these apartments, turning these office buildings into apartments, they need to get their costs back. And so, yeah, these apartments are going to go for about $3,500 to $7,500. So that was the issue that I that that um rose up in my mind. Okay. Yeah, but who is it going to be affordable for? Now, can that prevent potentially help? Yeah, it possibly can because in the gap report from the National Low Income Housing Coalition that literally spelled out state by state the lack of affordable housing, they they talked about one of the reasons why those apartments affordable units were not available because people that can afford them uh, afford them and their cost would be 30 to 20 percent of their income they actually take those affordable apartments up which leaves the low-income apartment hunters um, stuck in an apartment that's about leaves them 70 percent, 70 to 80 percent cost burden. So having these units and having people that can actually afford them get those units, yeah, that would be, that could be, that can open up apartments for um, other income levels, right? And so it could possibly work. I do want to talk about, and that'll be next week, I'm doing research, and the newsletter article for next week, Monday, um, is talking about a a touchy situation. Really, really touchy situation. I don't want to hold you on that. It's just that um, who, who deserves to live and brand new constructions or those apartments that could possibly become um, apartments, um, a reuse building, office building, reuse building. Who is supposed to be there? And here's the deal. This is a very controversial um, topic. So that's gonna be next week because I've, I've heard people that are champions for diversity and inclusion say if a person is not making that much income then they should be in apartments where that their income can afford and see that's and 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 i agree right but then you know me i'm like wait a minute so you're saying they don't deserve brand new constructions but guess what we're going to get into that. I want you to kind of like simmer and think about that during this weekend because, yeah, yeah. Who should be living in brand new apartments? I mean, and and, and brand new uh, apartments and these office conversions, as you just heard, they cost a lot, right? They cost a lot. I mean, nobody's just in the apartment business, the rental business to just house people, they're in the rental business to make a profit, right? And if they spend money on uh, renovating or new construction or whatever, they want to recover that money. So yeah, the, yeah, who, who should, I mean, who deserves to be in new construction? Yeah. All right, this is my show and you're listening to It's Time for Affordable Housing. I'm your favorite host, Lashandra Grace. You guys go to um, LinkedIn, uh, look up eviction space, search eviction space, and you'll find the newsletter so that you can listen to all of the other articles, the videos, and and read the entire um, newsletter. I thank you guys and I will see you. I will, be talking to you or be back with you next week and you're listening to it's time for affordable housing don't forget to get your copy of the eviction chronicles eviction chronicles look me up look LaShonda Greys up you'll see all the books that I have on Amazon if you just search and Lachandra Grace get your book get your first book because that first book is Pivot's Key It's key to all of the other books that's coming up in the series. You know, the next book will be, um, the second book will be released August 30th. And so I want you to actually have those books because all of the characters in each one of those books, they're going to paint a bigger story. And yeah, you you may see a character or two popping up in another book. So definitely you don't want to miss out on any of the eviction chronicles books okay you just don't want to miss out on one of them because it may leave you lost so get your book it's on amazon for $5.99 or you can get it on lulu.com um, the actual book for $16 now here's the deal with the lulu.com you get a planner so our planner is about 9 dollars it's really really good but you'll get that free and the actual um, hard copy of the book will be on um, listed on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, everywhere next week. Okay, but right now it's on Lulu.com. All right, I'm out. Thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you. Bye.